Hello. <laughs> and welcome to the Writing Quest Podcast, episode two. Day yeah. two podcasts. How does it make you feel? Like a podcaster. What do they call them? A YouTuber, but like for podcasts? Podcaster. A podcaster. Yeah. So, anyways, um, welcome to Writing Quest. We Today, uh, we're going to talk about Star Wars, which we love Star Wars. It's a big one for us. Huzzah. And then a couple of our writing things, how we write stuff like Processes. that. Processes. Process, yeah. So, um, without further ado, this is the Writing Quest Podcast. Huzzah. All right, here we go. Star Wars. And? Uh, so what I want to talk about today is your f- least favorite and your favorite parts of Star Wars. I love... <laughs> Star Wars is so, like, polarizing these days. I love how you're like, best, worst, go. And that could mean different for anybody oh yeah it's wild ask like, any two people and like be yeah. ridiculous isn't it amazing how polar let's talk about that first isn't it amazing how polarizing star wars has become like why isn't right. it supposed to be the thing that nerds all have in common but it's also like like people at some point i mean it's obviously been a global phenomenon it's a huge deal it's always has been Changed since the, the moment world. it came out but like like at some point people started caring about it so much that they're willing to like be mean. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I love Star Wars. I care about it a whole lot. But I like even the sequels, which are generally considered to be kind of a mess, I you know I I can enjoy watching them. At the end of the day, they are what they are. And, and so you just have to, you know I mean I have lots of issues them. with them. But oh yes, they they are yeah pieces of work. Okay, I don't know if you can we can do a, like a top five and a top and a low five, but we'll try. That's a lot. That's well, like ten a lot of, things. There's a lot of Star Wars things out there. Okay, so do you want to start with the worst or the best? I think let's end on a good note. So let's end with the best. Let's do the worst. Okay, what is your? Do you want your number one worst thing to be like the worst thing or five to be the worst thing. Let's have five be the worst thing. So we made a puppy up here. It's here. If you're watching the video. All right. Top five, best and worst. Um, what is the, what is your, the number, the first thing on your list for worst? First thing on my list for worst. So this is my fifth, least favorite thing. Um, Here's the thing is I don't actually have a lot of things I don't like about Star Wars. For the most part, I like it a lot. Um, This is going to be shocking, but Jar Jar is probably five to me. He's not the worst thing. I think that he is a children's character meant for children. Well, and what's amazing, like for me, I, I know intellectually why Jar Jar is bad. Right. I get that. I'm totally like, especially now, having watched him a bunch... All that stuff, I get it. He's a bad character. Yeah. But I watched, I went to the theater and saw Phantom Menace when I was 10. I was 10 years old when it came out. And Jar Jar was funny So to shit. me, I I love Jar Jar Binks. 
Like, he... Not on your top five. No, like, you know what I mean? Like, when I was a kid and I saw him, I was like, oh my gosh, this is hilarious. He's so great. And also think about it. That was the first time you ever saw, like, an actually good-looking CGI'd character. Yeah. So to me, like, I, you know, <clears throat> I get why he's bad, but he doesn't bug me at all. Interesting. That's a hot take. Yeah. Well, because he was meant for my age group, so my... I have nostalgia about him. Yeah. That overrides him being a bad character. I'm not a big... I don't necessarily... Like, when I watch Phantom Menace, I'm kind of like, he's a little cringy. It just doesn't bug me as much. Interesting. So, go on. But, yeah. But, yeah. So, Jar Jar. He's he's number five. Um, Do you want me to just keep going down all the way through? Sure. Give him to me. Um, Number four, I'll probably have to say... uh, Here's the thing. I love Hayden Christensen. I really do. Uh, mm-hmm. Seeing him in Jumper, I, he, that was one of my favorite movies growing up. Um, hi, puppy. Um, and I think he does a really great job in episode three. But Hayden Christensen in Attack of the Clones is a travesty. And that is not yeah, a, a new opinion. There's a big jump in his acting skills from two to three. Indeed. Um, <sighs> which, to be fair, he was very new to the whole thing. It's true. I mean, I guess Ewoks. I'd probably put Ewoks at five, and then Jar Jar Binks at four, and then yeah, the thing. Um, you really don't like the Ewoks, huh? I mean, they're good. Yeah, but like, here's the thing: is that it's a little. I dislike so little things of Star Wars. You're kind of nitpicking at this. I'm kind of nitpicking at this point, so it's like, well, I mean, yeah, they're not my favorite thing. Yeah. All right. So, what would be your absolute worst thing you hate the most? absolute worst thing I hate the most um, would be the Emperor coming back to life in the sequel trilogy. Mm. Just because it was so cool to see when they announced it. How they did it was very bad. And um, it was very out of left field. It made no sense. Yeah. And they they had which is, is the whole problem with the sequel trilogy. Yeah. They claim to have a plan, but they, they clearly did not have a plan because yeah. otherwise they would have, if I'm writing Star Wars and I know that I want, if that had never been set up, I would not have put it in the last movie. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So if you want Palpatine to like the big reveal is his return in episode nine, mm-hmm. you got to start that from the beginning. Like you've got to p- be planting these little seeds of that. Otherwise it's just like, Oh, you just brought him back. Cause you needed a bad guy. Boom. Which is fine because I don't have the problem with him coming back. It's how it happened. It's how it happened is a mess. Cause here's the thing is like, he's, his power level was way too much. Mm-hmm. Like he's basically the dark side incarnate. And right. I hate the stories when the bad guy is so unbelievably powerful and the hero is so okay, mm-hmm. but like, and they but they overcome the odds. It's not just one lightsaber, but two lightsabers. What's like why like Voldemort makes a great bad guy because he does have reasons. Like he's got good, and he he's got good reasons, but he also has good limitations because he could still get hit by a spell. Yeah, like he he isn't. He he worked toward being immortal, but he didn't quite get there. Exactly. You know, like with Palpatine, if you 
Like he's just like like the lightning storm that he did. Mm-hmm. If he can do that to a fleet of ships, he should be able to flick his finger at Ray and she should explode on the spot. Right. If he's so powerful, why does he need Kylo Ren at all? Why did he need Darth Vader at mm-hmm. all? Why does he need the Senate or the Jedi? Why, like, if he's that powerful, why yeah. would he have needed the Jedi gone in the first place? Well, and that's the problem with, like, really any, you know, you could say that about Thanos. Like, there's always that moment with bad guys where it's like, they've got, it's like, fine, I'll do it myself. Like, why didn't you just do it yourself from the beginning? Right. Like, why are you using all the minions when clearly they can't handle it and right. you can? Well, here's the other thing is, like, but here, with Thanos, though, it's almost justified because it's not like he was sitting around doing nothing, even though they only ever depict him sitting around doing nothing. Mm-hmm. But, like, you he was get doing the, other stuff. You get the idea from Endgame and Infinity War that, oh, no, he, he was conquering planets. Like he, and he was, the, his minions were, like, advanced forces going like, out, yeah. Like, the Infinity Gauntlet was his, was his hobby, <laughs> almost. Yeah. And he was like, I need you to do the special thing for me. Yeah. But, like, he was getting what he wanted done, done already. Yeah, while they were trying to help him get the bigger picture done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's, you probably echo the sentiments of most people with Star Wars. I, and the other thing about that that's the problem is that, like, I'm totally fine that Rey is a Palpatine, but that also fell flat because they didn't build it properly. Yeah. Everything that they tried to do in the sequels would have worked if they would have just planned it better and built it properly the, 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 it, the payoff doesn't work because the promises were a mess no, no, that's no. what happened the promises were genius because you watch force awakens force awakens does that, have great promises that shit's amazing the progress was the problem yeah and then the last jedi literally answered nothing Created more questions. And created just more questions. And, was, and invalidated some of the promises from before. Right. And then Last Jedi, they were like, well, this is it. Yep. So I I feel like Last Jedi was Last, Force Awakens Part 2. Last Jedi is kind of what you do to my writing, but not... But it didn't work. So, like, he made a thing. He J.J. Uh, Abrams wrote a thing, and then Ryan Johnson was just like, not all that I do. No, I know. I'm not saying that as a diss. I'm saying like in this particular instance, though, it it just didn't. It didn't. It didn't you work. have to do the bomb drop, but also you have to you have to do the bomb drop, but then you also have to and you still have to answer some of the promises. Doing a twist for a twist's sake is yeah, like that's false. that's what it felt like a twist to make it twisty. It didn't, wasn't like, answer a promise, but there's, it's different than you think. Yeah. It's still an answer. It's just different. Exactly. So with, um, a lot of Disney stuff, they do a great job of making stories that you don't expect. Mm -hmm. For instance, Frozen, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the true love at the end wasn't the love interest that they were doing the whole time. It was a love between sisters. It still was a love interest. Still a love interest, yeah. still all that stuff. And she was saved at the end of the day, which is all the great tropes and stuff. Um, but she, but like at the very end, it was the love of sister. 
So like they do really good twists. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were trying to do that with Star Wars. The problem was is that they were copying like Force Awakens is Star Wars revisited. Mm-hmm. Like it is the same exact thing, which I love and I'm totally okay yeah. with. But they tried to do that, but then make everything different. And yeah. it's like stop trying to remake. I was okay Star with Wars. so like Force Awakens is 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 a complete ripoff of A New Hope. But because it had been so long, I was I was okay with it. I was like, okay, it's a ripoff, but it it was worked. True. And honestly, think about bad guys like, oh man, think about the Death Star. If it had actually been able mm-hmm. to work the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Think about that. That would be an ideal for the bad guys in the Star Wars universe to like try to replicate because clearly it was genius mm-hmm. in terms of tyranny. Because imagine that. Imagine a Star Wars where the Death Star didn't blow up before it really was able to inspire mm-hmm. the viewer it was supposed to. Yeah. That would have been the the final order that the Emperor was working towards. Yes. Yeah. Because imagine you'd just be a planet and then you'd be like, well, I can't disobey the Emperor now because right. he could just blow us up. Yeah. So uh, we've been on a Brandon Sanderson kick, but I'll, so I'll bring him up again. He does say in one of those lectures on YouTube, he's got this lecture mm-hmm. series. One of them, he does talk about Last Jedi. And he said, the reason that Canto Bite doesn't work is because in the, it's when he's talking about the promises progress payoff. Right, he right. says, Canto Bite doesn't work because when the story starts, the promise made with Finn is that he's worried about his friend Ray and we're going to go find Ray. Yeah. That's the promise of his story. They they set that up, so you're expecting in your brain he's gonna find his Rey. journey in this movie is looking for finding Ray, and then he never does. And then they go on this random quest that has nothing to do with Ray, and he never finds Ray, and he's not looking for. It's not that he. It's not like he's doing the side quest to find Ray. It has nothing to do with Ray. And it's like the whole point of his character in the movie becomes null and void. Right. Yeah. And I, he said that and I was like, because I knew, like, Canto Buy obviously is like the worst part of that movie. It's like, why are we, yeah. the whole time why you're watching it, you're like, why are we doing this? This I'm, makes no sense. I'm great that, I love that it exists. Like, I, But cool. I couldn't quite figure it out. I was like, what is, why, why does this not work like i get logically the plot i understand why the plot takes them there that wasn't the problem but the but why the plot was happening didn't make sense and then when he said that i was like oh that i get that okay (laughs) um that is something that i've really enjoyed since we started writing quest is not just the writing part, but the actual learning how to write part. So doing the research, finding mm-hmm. um, videos to watch and um, reading about writing and stuff. Like Which we've done before. We've done before, but like, yeah. no, it's really nice because it's starting to explain a lot of stories. That's like, why doesn't this work? Well, that's why. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of like things you intuitively know about story. And then it's just not, you're like, why doesn't this work? And then it, yeah. So, all right. So that's your worst. What was the worst thing? Palpatine. Palpatine. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, Brendan. Yeah. Aiden. What are your least fa- five least favorite things about Star Wars? Okay. Um, my least, my first thing on my least favorite list. Yes. However that works. I know what you're talking about. Is um, 
Attack of the Clones. But but I like Attack of the Clones, but I hate it. Right. I'm kind of both. So I love it because like it expands the story, it adds the clones, you get Yoda fighting with the lightsaber. Like all of that is awesome. Like the world building aspect, it really explodes the world building <clears throat> of Star Wars. It adds a lot. But that all of the acting is so cringy. Really, pretty much all. Like, and everyone always focuses on Hayden Christensen and stuff. I'm like, no, it pretty much like Ian McGregor's is really good. Yeah, Ian McGregor's great. Um, but and it comes like the script, like the lines of dialogue. Like George Lucas is not always the strongest on the dialogue. He's not. Well, here's the thing. Um, it's a it's an opera. It's literally mm-hmm. an opera. So like, think Shakespeare. That's what he's like. Shakespeare, that's what yeah. he's writing. I, yeah, I feel like when you watch it, like when people say stuff, I'm like, that's not how you would talk. I, you know, it just some, it's all that's, very kind of weird. That's not how people say things. <laughs> yeah, like, so, but I do, um, the world building parts of it are great. Like adding like the beginning of the Clone Wars and all that, you know, that was cool. Um, so that's probably one. Um... Remember, sorry, tangent. So yeah. remember when there was, you know, the the, the Star Wars trilogy, mm-hmm. right? And then George was like, like yeah, he was, George was all like, yeah, I'm gonna make a prequel trilogy. It's cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Started episode one. And we were like, well, what's all this space? And then it was like two. And it was like, well, what's all this space? And then episode three, and it was like, well, then what's all this space? Yeah. <laughs> and now it's just like that space is getting closed mm-hmm. in because... We have Clone Wars, which is between two and three. So we've mm-hmm. got that filled out completely. Yep. Now and there's Rebels. And then there's Rebels. And now there's Bad Batch. So Rebels is 10 years before A New Hope, mm-hmm. and which goes all the way through Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. right? And then we've got the uh, Bad Batch, which is... Would be um, between Rebels and Episode 3, or Episode 3 and Rebels. Yeah. Because Re- right after 3. And so they could potentially go however many seasons but cover that 10 years of time to get to rebels mm-hmm. and if you think about everything that they're doing right now and i know this is not a bad batch episode but and they've got solo in there which is like between rebels and yeah new hope yeah yeah so it's like and then they have rogue one like and they're doing one. such a good job they're just filling in that space and i love it yeah. because they're not filling it in with the trilogy they're just filling it in with here's, the lore that we want to see stories of yeah Boom. Yeah. Um, job. Anyway, sorry. Number four. Number four. What was what did I say? Did I say anything? You said Attack of the Clones. Oh, Attack of the Clones. Um, number four, um, I would say Knights of Ren. Mm. And I think we've talked about this before. Wait, no, this is number two. So your worst was Attack of the Clones? Well, it doesn't matter. The order is irrelevant. Okay. Attack of the Clones. And then um Knights of Ren, and the only reason because Knights of Ren would was again a broken promise, could have been so cool, and then it just was nothing because they planned nothing, and they just stand brutally on spires of rock. Yeah. So, okay, this one really gets me because I was totally good with Force Awakens. They kept talking about the Knights of Ren, and they built it up. So that's great. They're not in the movie. It's just a. And so that was part of the problem, though, because now they built the expectation. And then Ryan Johnson did nothing 
with it. Nothing. Nothing. They should have been all cards of crap. Yeah. We've got a whole thing on this where we basically fix Star Wars and it involves the Knights of Ren. They could have still fixed it Mm -hmm. in nine. But they did. But instead, they just made them lazily walk around on random planets. Yeah. You never see them go between planets. They never talk. They never really fight anything. They just... They get killed by... They walk up and they go... Boop, 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 boop. Menacing. What? Just leave them out. You should have just abandoned it. That's what they should have done. Yeah. They talked about in Force Awakens. Ryan Johnson didn't use it in the next one. They should have just abandoned it and been like, well, it's done. Just don't even have it. And then it would have been better that way. And then later they could have brought him in and been like, oh, this is the Knights of Ren. Later they could have wrote a book that was about the Knights of Ren. They could have done whatever. They should have never put them in nine. Yeah. Cut all of those scenes out. I mean, they even talk about, they don't even talk about the Sith in the original trilogy. Right. The word Sith is never even said, but we now know that there has been Sith for generations. Yeah. Yeah. That's if they, of the other way they should have went, they build it up in seven. You're like, oh my gosh, we're the Knights of Ren. And then nine is literally about Knights of Ren and Luke's Jedi fighting each other. That is the movie. That's what it should have been. Yeah. Last Jedi should have been Luke and Rey trying to con- not convince, like Rey needed to go to Luke and collecting their Jedi warriors, collecting their Jedi warriors and going to Rey should have gone to Luke. Luke was trying to figure something out, but couldn't mm-hmm. something to do with the origin of the Jedi. And then Rey comes and she figures it out. And then he's like, we can do this. And then they go out. And yes. And then nine could have basically still kind of been what it was, but the Knights of Ren are better. <laughs> yes. It's so frustrating to me. What a what a complete missed opportunity. Yeah. It shouldn't have been Palpatine. It, it should have been, been the Knights of Ren. It should have been Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren being the ultimate bad guy. Because, like, one of the most brilliant things about um, Last Jedi, which I love, which just might be kind of controversial, is... How Kylo Ren kills Snoke. Yeah. A brilliant. Because he did what Darth Vader couldn't do until the end when Darth Vader ultimately dies. Right. He did what Anakin couldn't do. Yeah. And then Kylo Ren should have been the bad guy. Like, Darth Vader at some point, theoretically as a Sith, he would have killed his master and become the Dark Lord. Yes. He, he could should, never do that. He should have become the Dark Lord and then does everything and Ray's like, there's no choice. I have to kill Kylo. And mm-hmm. then she does. And then right near the end, mm-hmm. Kylo doesn't redeem himself. He regrets everything. Yeah. That's the other story that hasn't been told. Yeah. Because Darth Vader, like, he was too downtrodden. He was too in his grief. He, like, he could not overcome to take over. Kylo Ren, on the other hand, chose this life. And see, could have. See, Anakin didn't choose. He was tricked. And forced to do it. He chose, ultimately, but mostly he was tricked and coerced into yeah. becoming Darth Vader. Kylo Ren chose it. He did. He was not, like, he got mad at Luke and chose it, which is brilliant. And then 
but he's like, I'm going to kill my master, and he takes control. And so nine should have been Kylo Ren actually being like the supreme leader that they have to. He should have been the bad guy. He should. It cheapened Kylo Ren. Yeah. Because they they built up Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren seizes control. Yeah. Becomes a supreme leader, and then they're like Palpatine. Yeah, like didn't work. What a mess! Oh my the, gosh. Maybe my least favorite thing is the sequel trilogy. It would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> you see, it's not. But then when you talk about it, it is. Um, it would have been it's cool, so rife with problems, if Kylo was trying to find the planet that they were mm-hmm. at. What was it called? Um, Malachor. Or oh, um, yeah, uh, Exegol. Exegol. Right. Great name. Loved it. Loved Exegol. It would have been great if Kylo was trying to improve himself or whatever, and he goes to Exegol, and then he finds a decrepit, like, maybe he finds Palpatine, but Palpatine is, lost. Is lost, yeah. Yeah. Not secretly, just holding on to power. <sighs> like, like, so many... They make it seem like he never even lost. Yeah. What's frustrating about this is, and I don't know if this is arrogant to say, but I feel like this is why Star Wars fans are upset. We are nobodies sitting in a basement recording a podcast, and we can see all of these plot holes. Like, the amount of like, people that would have had to see everything. Right. And approved it and I'm okayed like, it. All of you people are getting paid millions of dollars to make this movie, and none of you can figure this out? Why there's so many issues with it? Like, like it's just baffling to me that they started a Star Wars trilogy with no plan. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, so, okay, I talk about this a lot. If you're looking for a really good how movies are made thing, watch The Hobbit Appendices, okay? So, Peter Jackson, he planned out Lord of the Rings so that basically everything was storyboarded, Mm -hmm. right? With The Hobbit, and I know a lot of people have problems with The Hobbit. It's fine. It's whatever. Um, I love The Hobbit. I think the first one's great. First one's great. The other two, they start to great, you know? Yeah. There's flaws, but it's fine. But... Where I think and why I think that those flaws kind of appeared is because Peter Jackson had significantly less time to actually plan and prepare mm-hmm. because they were supposed to be another director. He was just supposed to produce. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, something like that. And then like the studio wasn't, didn't get approval in time. And so, and then del Toro was like, I can't keep waiting for this. I have to go make a movie. Yeah, I have and to go move on. Yeah, so he did. And then Peter Jackson was like, yeah, all right, I'll do it. Yeah, but and he had like way less time. I need way less time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about how like he's just flying by the seat of the pants, essentially. Mm-hmm. At, at one point in the documentary, they're literally, if they're out of day and he's just like completely burnt out. Yeah. And he's just like, I just don't know. Like, he's just, whatever. And then he tells everyone to just keep preparing, keep doing sets, keep working and stuff. And he just sorts these little fake jewels. Mm -hmm. And he just does that for, like, an hour. And they have footage of him doing this. This is real. This actually happened. He's just, like, wasting time, basically, like, trying to recharge. Yeah, and he's like, I just needed a mindless task where my brain could just... B. <laughs> and he does that. And there is actually a shot um, mm-hmm. where Thorin throws the diamonds everywhere or whatever. Yeah. And that all happens. And it's really cool. Um, so, yeah. But thinking about 
that amount of preparation. Right. That's what Star Wars needed. Yeah. For like Lord of the Rings. So think about like, you know, you say what you want about the prequels, but the story is pretty cohesive. Like, you know, I mean, it was spoiled because we have the original trilogy, so you know what's going to happen. But like, of course, the, um, the story is more cohesive. There's there's always some issue, but it's cohesive. So like, the beginning starts in the middle and the end. It's all very, it's a nice bubble. Mm-hmm. And, but the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy had three years between each movie. Yeah. They had two years between all the sequel movies. It's true. And they also, and also think about it. George Lucas, it was one guy, one guy's story. Mm-hmm. And he had been thinking about this story for ages. Well, and he had all six movies outlined like he had, he knew the prequels were not an accident. He yeah. made Star Wars. He started there because technologically he felt like that's where he needed to start. Like he couldn't. I'm what I think. I don't know if this is verified. What I think is he looked at his prequels and he thought, I can't technologically pull off that many Jedi or that many months. Like, how do I do it? Which is why he started where he started. Mm hmm. Because it was a smaller story that he could manage with the technology of his time. So that, but he still had, like, he knew those six movies, pretty much the general story. Yeah. Whereas the sequels was just kind of like, it was, was, they started off with hype, which was fine. Well, here's what's crazy is, so in Bob Iger's, um, he wrote a book. He's the CEO, was the CEO of Disney. Um, ride of a lifetime. It's kind of an autobiography of like lessons he learned running business or whatever. He says in there that he regrets like how that they didn't like George Lucas gave him, gave them like, this is my story ideas for seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. And they just completely tossed it out. They didn't use it at all. That's where they messed up. They didn't have to let George Lucas write the dialogue. They didn't have to let him write the scripts. They didn't have to do any of that. But the fact that they took his story treatments and used nothing Nothing. and threw it completely out the window, that's the problem. That's where they messed up. Because he's the the creator. Yeah. You can't completely throw out the creator. You have to leave. Which is why Mandalorian and all that is working so well. Because Dave Filoni and... um, I want to say Patrick Rothfuss. <laughs> no. Um, John Favreau. There we go. Are, are so ingrained in George Lucas mythology. Yeah. That that's why it's working. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real long tangent for the worst. What's your favorite? I'll take my favorite and that'll be it. Okay. What's your favorite? Very favorite Star Wars thing of all time right now. My... Okay, my favorite thing. Ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Tell it to me. Okay, I got two. Sorry. <laughs> my favorite thing is in Attack of the Clones. I know. I'm sorry. It is when all of the Jedi are in the Geonosis arena mm-hmm. and they all turn on their lightsabers and it is like, come at us, bro. Mm-hmm. And then they do. <laughs> it's like the first time you ever see all the Jedi. Like, like it's a big. I want to see an army of Jedi. I want to see 10,000 Jedi versus 10,000 Sith on a plane of Naboo and just fighting in. Then I want to see two at the very end survive. (laughs) 
Like, Great. That's what I want to see. I don't even care if there's a story. I just want to see that cinematic sequence. Well, there's video games of that. I know. I want to see it in IRL CGI okay. stuff. All right. All right. Um, and then my second or my second favorite thing is in Revenge of the Sith, the opening scene when they're flying through all of the ships and stuff. Oh, and then it, the camera comes over and it's the battle. That is a great shot. Yeah, I love that shot. That one's pretty good. I would say, because it just makes you so excited because you're like, this is Star Wars. Yeah. It's so calm. It's literally, it's, hey, we're just we're just floating above Coruscant. No big deal. <laughs> you know, I love it. It's so good. It's literally, like, that is the war in the stars. Think about that. Star Wars is about wars in stars. (laughs) Yes. So, what's your favorite story thing going on right now? Going on right now? Yeah. Or in anywhere. Like, what's your favorite storyline of Star Wars? Ooh, that's tough. Um... I'd say of the current stuff, Mandalorian, mm-hmm. just in general. I mean, I've tried to read the books. I'm, I can't read science fiction Star Wars books. I'm really a fantasy guy. Um, it just mm-hmm. doesn't fit with my brain very well. Yeah. So I'd have to say that. But Mandalorian, I think, is best because there's actually relationships that mm-hmm. matter and there's promises and then there's progress and then there's payoffs mm-hmm. and then consequences. Yeah. Mandalorian is very good. Um, my favorites. It's kind of hard. I Bad Batch is super solid, and I'm excited. Um, spoilers in the last two episodes ago, when they reveal like Omega is a perfect replication, clone replication, and the mm-hmm. only other one that was that was Boba Fett, who was an Alpha, who was called Alpha. Right. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That's a cool I I'm that'll be cool to see how that unfolds because Omega could end up in Mandalorian or like Book of Boba Fett or something. Did you even think about that? No. I totally just blew your mind, didn't I? Whoa. Because that's his sister. That would like so imagine Book of Boba Fett opens. Boba Fett has a sister. And it's Boba Fett and his sister Omega. I mean I always figured he had brothers, but like whoa. Yeah. No, it's cool. So, Bad Batch is super cool. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I'm liking, like, it's yeah. it's really cool to see immediately after Revenge of the Sith. That's really cool. One of my favorite things, yeah, one of my favorite things about Mandalorian Season 2 was when Boba Fett was like, they'll recognize my face when they're trying to get into, like, a, an Imperial <laughs> something or other. And I was like, wait, why would they? And I was like, oh, yeah, Empire Strikes Back. And then I was like, wait, no. He's a, he's a clone. He's a clone. <laughs> Those are my favorites. I might light of the uh, High Republic. I'm loving that. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I need to read the new one. So I'm not, I'm not finished with the end. High Republic, Mandalorian, Bad Batch are all three very oh. good so far. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for the Writing Quest podcast. Hope you liked it. And um, we'll see you next time. Yeah.